You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show, broadcasting from Lexington, Kentucky, in the Waterstone Studio. It is March Madness, and this is the March Madness series bonus episode. The coaching carousel is what I'm going to be talking about today with my good buddy, Ryan Mullins, who is joining me via the telephone. You guys have heard Ryan on the show before. He's all the way from Knott County, Kentucky, and we've Done the March Madness series a couple of times together, and I'm glad to have him back. <laughs> On this episode, one of the things that I want to talk about is uh, the coaching carousel. And uh, you and me, Ryan, for some reason, we have always been fascinated with talking about coaching changes because this is the time of year where coaches get hired and coaches get fired. And if there's anybody else that I know other than me that keeps up with that, it's you. Actually, uh, you know the assistant coach at Alice Lloyd College, and that's saying something. So you could pretty much probably name any assistant coach in the country in NCAA. I don't know about that. I keep up with it a little bit. Well, I want to start the conversation out uh, talking about uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, you see that they're in the tournament. Uh, they're playing St. Louis. They're over there in the east bracket in the top uh, left-hand side of your bracket there. They play St. Louis, the number four seed. They're coached by uh, Buzz Williams. And I don't know if you have heard uh, the news going around with Buzz Williams, but apparently they are saying that he is the front man to take the Texas A&M job in the, uh, in the SEC. Have you heard that rumor? Coaching job. It's been a year at New Orleans. That's the John Tom Green staff. Like it. But... He didn't have the resources that the other Big East teams did. He didn't. He couldn't compete with the Louisville's, the Villanova's, and all that. But he still managed to compete. You know, he couldn't compete in resources. He couldn't compete in facilities, but he competed on the court. And when the Big East broke up, he, one thing I loved about him was, you know why he jumped to Virginia Tech, one of the big reasons. He was a little happy at Marquette, but one of his main reasons was he wanted to be back in the best conference in America again. He didn't like that all the teams left the Big East. And that it was the best conference in America again. He didn't like that all the teams left the Big East. And that it was down to the 10 teams. He wanted to be back where the competition was the fiercest each and every night. Really? I always wondered why he left Marquette. He was a little unhappy, but one of the big things of it was he just really, he was, he loved the Big East. But when it broke up, he didn't like it as much. He liked being tested every single night. He thought he got his players up better being tested every single night. He didn't like he was a good coach playing teams that he should win. Do you think that Texas A&M, the SEC, is that a good fit for Buzz Williams? Yeah, they better back up the bridge truck. You offer him whatever amount of money they want. Texas A&M is the best job open right now if they'll put the resources behind it because they got the facilities, they got the resources. I mean, if they'll support basketball, that's a better job than you sell day right now. Yeah, Buzz would be the home run Texas A&M. I don't know if Buzz will take Texas A&M. He might wait, but not for Texas. I know Shock is smart. He's been aiming a little bit to try to get down to Texas, and his seat's getting a little warm, so Buzz may wait around for Texas to open, or he might see Texas A&M, and that's a sleeping jack. A&M's a sleeping jack. Well, on, I don't know if you've got a chance to listen to the Selection Sunday show, uh, but I mentioned David Padgett being my first pick for the Texas A&M job. I think that he... 
proved himself that he belonged in the big leagues. Uh, he coached Louisville for a year after the Patino uh, split, and uh, he had he ended up with a winning record at Louisville. Uh, he took him to the NIT and uh, took him all the way to the quarterfinals. And uh, you know he he of course was an interim coach, so he wasn't hired on his full time. Obviously, Louisville wanted to go with somebody a little bit more experienced. But I think that uh, Texas A&M would be a great place for David Paget to uh, get another try. No, you're right. I mean, you got to wonder what do they want right now? Do they want that again, or are they really they spent all the money on Jimbo for football? Are they wanting basketball to be there now? As are they putting all their efforts in? If you do, David Patrick's probably not the guy to go after because he's still got some warnings to go. No, he's still got some growing pains to go through. But if they're all right, both of those growing pains, then he may pay off. No, I think Buzz Williams will be my first target. And I'd probably, after that, Brad Underwood's jumped around a lot since Stephen F. Austin. He spent one year at Oklahoma State. Now he's jumped to Illinois. But he'd be a good fit at AM. And Mike Ropes at ECU coached at Rice for a few years. You know, knows the landscape of Texas. He's a good coach. He'd fit in good. He's got style of play that players would like. You know, would be successful in the SEC. Then, you know, what we also want to have got from Mac McMahon at a and He'd be another candidate there. Yeah, I know you're a David Padgett fan, and that's interesting, and it's kind of bizarre to me that David Padgett isn't on anybody's radar right now. I've not heard his name floating around the coaching carousel. Well, I think uh, Rich Stansbury's name's out there a little bit. You know, he's been linked to Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M's where he lands. You know, he may be ready to move on from Western Kentucky. I think Stansbury moves on. David Patrick will probably be on the top three list of Western Kentucky. Northern Kentucky's also got a good upcoming coach who could end up being plucked away. And uh, David Padgett, what's his name, John Brennan? Yes. That's good. If uh, no Padgett could end up landing there, too. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I've always wondered, it's kind of like a, a guy I thought would already be coaching somewhere, or at least I would be hearing more about, but... I've not. So, I do want to bring up another school that I've heard uh, tossing around a name that you know very well. UNLV. Put to rest the rumors. Is Rick Pitino being considered for the UNLV job? I don't think so. Where did that come from? I think that, I think that comes from, he almost took the job years ago when he took the little job. You know, he interviewed UNLV in Michigan also. Right. You know, I think some of that's wishful thinking. I think, I know Shaka Smart has had expressed interest in UNLV. I don't know if UNLV will pay even close to what Texas does. I don't know Tyron Lowe's the name has been linked to UNLV. You know, Coach LeBron's the Cavs, has some extra credibility. Mike Miller is hugely interested, but, you know, he's in his first season with Memphis as an assistant coach, never coached anywhere before. Eric Musselman. He's at Nevada, but, you know, he's a better job than Nevada. And Jason Kidd's the name here. I mean, I think Thad Mata's the name to look out for at UNLV. Thad Mata's probably the guy who lands that job if he don't land UCLA. Which 
I've been hearing Thad Mata my cop pins are very hot at UCLA right now with things going around. Thad Mata at UCLA. Tony Bennett's also a name been attached to UCLA, and I've seen on your wildcard sports blog that you are not a fan of Tony Bennett going to UCLA. You said that's a bad move for him. Oh, no, I'd love for him to go. You, I'm you, losing. Well, I mean, so for, as a fan, personally, you'd I like to see him leave. Is that a good business move for him? Well, UCLA. Hey, say what you want about say what you want about UCLA. It is an attractive job. It's out on the West Coast, yes, but it's also in LA. Um, if you're a head coach of UCLA, you're going to have money, and who don't want to have money living out in LA? Um, anybody else you've heard being attached to UCLA? Really, John Calipari, uh, if he was going to leave Kentucky for another college school, it would be UCLA. I couldn't see him leaving for another school, and it would be uh, there would be a motive behind it. Uh, it's not nothing to do with the pro- with the program itself. I think it would just be to get closer to LA to do other ventures. I don't know if he was. Maybe thinking about doing like going into TV or broadcasting or something like that, but he would have a motive uh, of taking the UCLA job and leaving Kentucky. If John Calipari went to UCLA, which won't happen, I'm safe. To, I feel confident to say it won't happen. But if he did, it would be a move similar to LeBron James. It wouldn't be so much about the teams, it would be about himself, his family, a career after sports possible. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but I. Th- Think that John Calipari, uh, as of right now, I would it, it would come as a shock if he left Kentucky. Yeah, I, I just kind of feel when you say they wind up Mike Hopkins. I, I might be dead wrong. It's just the gut feel that I'm getting. They're wanting to take I, their time. Yeah, I could absolutely swing and go a different way. But I mean, if they hire Mike Hopkins, he's probably going both Syracuse in three or four years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, I mean, hard somebody to say. I don't know who that'll be. Fred Hoiberg was the name, but I think he's more interested in the Nebraska job, so it come up. Speaking of Syracuse, did you hear about Jim Boheim running over that guy and killing him? Yeah, he played Louisville that night. Yeah, he played Louisville. He was leaving the game, and uh, I don't know exactly what happened. But I think that the car was broke down, and the guy was on the outside of his car, and Jim Boheim didn't see him and ended up hitting him on accident. Is that what you heard? Yeah. Yeah. I tell you another thing to watch out for in coaching search will be Bam Howell. You know, it's not 
Washington State. I think it's going to be one of Boise State's Leon Rice. I'm going to be surprised anybody else gets hard load. But Ben Helen does have some interest in the Washington State job. And that's probably the worst job in the Pac-12. Why you say that? Well, it's been to the NCAA tournament three times since 1983. Yeah, so but... Took them twice of that. Yeah, but you have to put that a little on the coach, don't you? Well, some of it goes on the coach. You know, when you're playing in a town that makes Moorhead look like Cincinnati. <laughs> the town's smaller than Moorhead. Speaking of Cincinnati, I've often called them the city of losers. They typically never go anywhere. Uh, how far do you have them in your bracket this year? Uh, they are located in the Midwest, and uh, it looks like that. I don't have them going. Yeah, of course I don't. I have them losing first game. I got them losing Tennessee. Yeah. And how far you got Tennessee going? You think? And one name, yeah, he's trying. His seat's getting warm at Texas. He needs a reset. He knows he needs a reset. That's why he's pursued. He's already reached out to LSU. His people's at LSU. know he's interested. He thinks LSU's the same kind of dump as Texas, a football school where he can find the radar. He's just not, not been working out at Texas. But you know, but he will try heavily to get Virginia Tech job. But Virginia Tech, I can, I've heard from people I trust. Steve Wojnarowski will be the top choice there. Should Buzz leave? I don't see Virginia Tech being a very attractive job, but it's not. Yeah, worst job in ACC. Buzz gets there. Yeah. And so does Wojnarowski? knows that market. Does he want to do what Buzz did? Step up in the competition with about the same resources, or is he happy where he's at? Yeah. Of course, Virginia Tech will pay better. But Shock is smart right now. Just want a reset. He can get a reset anywhere. If he gets a reset successful two years at Virginia Tech, he can jump right back to the, the, the job that he really wants again. I just never seen the big appeal with Shaka Smart. Every, everybody was always about Shaka Smart. I know he had one good year where he went to the Final Four, and they are always talking about that one season he had. What else has he done? Well, what about Archie Miller? He picked back to one season at Dayton into the Indiana job, and that's a move that needs to be made. What a mistake. Oh, if Indiana made a mistake, it was hiring Archie. Yeah, I mean, I would cut that right now. Who would you put in there in place of Archie at Indiana? Because that is probably uh, historically a top 10 program. Uh, I would say even now top 25. But who would you put in there at Indiana? I think Buzz Williams is one name you'd have to consider on the list. But I would go after Mike Bray. Yeah, they do. Twenty years. Yeah. And sometimes people also wonder, well, why did they leave this school for that school? Because uh, uh, this school seems the school that they're at seems like a much better school than where they're going. There's always a reason why people move. You never know 
the behind the scenes reasons of why people are leaving. They might be going to work for a school where their buddy of 15 years is the athletic director. Yeah, or they may not get along with the athletic director they got. Exactly. Sometimes, you know, things may not be going right. You need that reset. You feel that you can see. You just need to get out of where you're at and completely reset everything. Shaka you know, does need Shaka lands LSU job. He's reset for four years. He's got three to four years again. Start over and kind of go. Surely UCLA won't make the mistake of hiring Shaka Smart. I meant to say LSU. Oh, okay. I don't think LSU would either. LSU just went from having one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, really, he's one of the best upcoming coaches in the country. I, I would he agree would with been, that. He would have been at Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, or Kansas, something like that, within 15 years. If... All this wouldn't come up, man. That's how good a coach he was. He's the next guy to get one of those big-time jobs. You know, Chris Mack was kind of local jobs. So that's off the board. Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, those are coming open. They are coming open. They're, uh, Roy Williams, Coach K, they're not getting any younger. I know that no. Coach K's, what, 73? You know, local's off the board for hopefully 20 years. You know. <laughs> There's still a few on there. Are you happy with Chris Mack and his performance so well? I think Louisville got lucky. Arizona, if they have to make a change, LSU ain't going to. Louisville, could, if they had no scandal, and Rick Pitino had won a national championship and retired, they wouldn't have a better coach than Chris Mack. He would have been, you know, top target then. But they just got lucky that Louisville was Chris Mack's dream job. And no matter what the scandal that was going on, he wouldn't want to say no to that job when it came his way. You know, that was very lucky. Yeah, I mean, he benefited from it. He's glad it happened. I bet you he's got a picture of Katina Power up beside his bed. He can thank her for his job. But Chris Mack, I do like Chris Mack, but what is the deal with his closing skills? Because I've seen Louisville in two or three situations this season where they had a good 15, 20-point lead on a team, and then they just lose it. They they. They collapsed. They lost a little point lead to Florida State. It ain't Chris Mack, it's the players. I mean, you start in the backcourt. Started, you know, one played at Sanford last year, one played at Richmond. And you start pressing them with the much more talented players. And, you know, it, it got to them. Pressure's got them sometimes. They just ain't had the ball handlers. But, you know, Max worked with them. And the last few times they've tried that, it's not worked. You know, they've closed out. Or even when they ain't won the games. They lost to Virginia and North Carolina to the last three games. But North Carolina or Virginia wasn't able to make pressure on one of the states that the other teams had. They seem to have figured that out. But if they didn't, it's Matt can't do nothing but them up on the floor. He can't make the plays. You know, you got guys just falling down, handing the ball over, throwing the ball back under the basket. So that's guys who's played four years and have not been. I love Christian Cunningham. He's a great top guard. Think first. But. Scott Patrick apparently didn't teach him all that he needed to out there at Sanford. Yeah. Cunningham played, Cunningham played in Knott County in high school. Played for Roger Crowe's accordion. I watched him over at Knott County Center. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he played at Henry Clayton, too. He just wasn't pressed against those kind of athletes. Huh? You know, that was just good to it, but he kissed it and hurt him. And they panicked against Duke. And the confidence got him a few times, too. I think that was, after it happened twice, they figured they couldn't do it. And they had to wait until he did do it again. 
Well, Louisville and Kentucky are not the only two teams in the tournament. You also have NKU, which I was glad to see get in. This, I believe this is their second tournament appearance two years in a row. Then you got Murray State, who won the OVC, and they have one of the top players in the entire country. Uh, could you see Murray State making a run? Because I will tell you this. I have Murray State in my Sweet 16. I got them upsetting Florida State. Well, if you look at that little pod down there, you know, you got Murray State versus Marquette, Florida State and Vermont. Any of those four teams can make the Sweet 16, I believe. I would not be shocked for any of those four to be in the Sweet 16. That could mess up some people's brackets. You know, the winner of Marquette Murray could beat the winner of Vermont and Florida State. I mean, I could definitely see that. And I think Vermont, Vermont's a good team. Vermont's a real good team. Yeah, I think anything can happen in that West bracket, especially if Gonzaga goes down. I mean, you're opening up a situation here for anything to happen. I've even got NKU going in the, uh, let's see, they're in the third round. I guess that would be considered second now. Uh, but I've got them facing Florida. And I've got Florida going to the Elite Eight to face Gonzaga. Um, Mike White, I think that uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Mike White. I think you are too. Uh, he was the son of Duke head. Let's see, who's he the son of? The athletic director at Duke. Yeah, his first coaching job was at Georgia Tech, and now he's taken over Florida. Was where? Oh, Louisiana. That's that is correct. Louisiana Tech, and now he's at Florida. I think that's a great job to have. I thought that uh, Richard Pitino would have got that job, but I was hoping Richard Pitino. But I'm a Richard Pitino fan. I hate Mr. against Thursday. That's going to be one of the most interesting games of the entire tournament. That is actually the game that opens up the tournament. Do you know that? Oh, Ryan, let me tell you something. Richard Pitino, I, I know you're a Louisville fan, but I also know you're a Richard Pitino fan, and you're cheering, you're cheering for, you're cheering for Louisville. Don't get me wrong, I know that, but you do have to be cautious playing Richard Pitino. I've watched him coach. He is a hustler as a coach. I mean, he will fight for every play with the refs. I mean, he he doesn't stop coaching. He coaches from the time the ball is tipped to that final sound buzzer goes off. He's outstanding. And he is his father's son. We just talked about Louisville having issues closing games and things to press on. How much do you think uh, Richard Pitino or James want to press? Well, let me ask you this. Is Rick Pitino going to be present at that game? I would doubt it. I doubt it. I don't know. I, I, I can see him sitting it out. I can see him letting his assistant do it. Why? I mean, look, it's his son. His son has never made it to the second round of the tournament. So he wants to see that milestone happen, and he wants to be there. I would love to see Patino there sitting behind his son in Minnesota gear. Would the fans of Louisville boo him if that happened? Uh, I wouldn't, but I can't speak for anybody else. And what would you say? It's a son. I think I think they would boo him because of what happened. I don't think um, 
just in light of everything that happened with all the scandals, I think that if he retired gracefully from Louisville and he went and sat behind the bench at Richards' game, I think they would be fine. But I think the fashion that he left Louisville, I don't think that would be in good taste for him to do that. But I, I couldn't blame him if he did. But Timo wasn't tied in any of that look. I mean, six people have testified in federal court that Rick Pitino had no knowledge. And these people got immunity granted that they told the truth. So are they going to lie to cover Rick Pitino when they can go to prison? Are you talking in terms of the Adidas scandal or? The Adidas scandal. The Adidas, okay. Never proven anything. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to bring up any. Like bad memories or anything. I know that you're excited to have Louisville back in the tournament. It's been a couple of years since you've got to watch them. Last year they were in the NIT. The year before they self-imposed and didn't play. No, they played the year before. Oh, did they play? Okay, when did they self-impose? The year before that? Uh, three years ago. Okay. They set out two of the last four years. And it's just unfortunate. I think it's an unfortunate situation that they had to play Minnesota. Of course, the committee did this on purpose. They're always trying to set up games for entertainment reasons, too. It's television. So when they saw that they had an opportunity to put Louisville and Minnesota, they were like, okay, that's better than, you know, Louisville and Cincinnati. Let's do let's do Minnesota. Actually, Louisville-Cincinnati would have been a good game. I mean, it was uh, former conference rivals. Yeah, we had major conference travels. And two of the top five college basketball markets in America, like a little bit of I don't know. I don't think anything could be better than this Minnesota Louisville first game matchup. Well, I think it's unfair that Richard Pitino takes a lot of focus off of him and his team and the job he's done. It does. It could go one of two ways. It could. If he loses, I feel bad for the guy. But if he wins, I mean, look what he has accomplished. He beat the school that fired his father. He gets a little bit of revenge, and he also gets a milestone career. Uh, by going to the second round. So, uh, he could – it could be a big moment and for the Patinos. I mean, if you really look at it, he's going to be the team that starts four, four transfers. I mean, it's not a powerhouse little team, but it's a good little team. It's still a little team. How far do you have Louisville – how far do you have Louisville going in your bracket? Michigan, Michigan State winning that bracket? No, I got Duke coming over. Okay. I was wanting to hear that story if uh, you had somebody else besides Duke coming out of the East. Okay, down in. Michigan State beat the Belmont. Go to the Elite Eight. Belmont in the Sweet 16. Which, you know, Rick Burge never won a tournament game, so that kind of scares me. You'd have to win, you know, 
three times to get to the Sweet 16, or even the first four. And he's never won before. One of the most, I think, exciting uh, – I wouldn't really use the word exciting, but I would say the bracket where anything could happen is down there in the West. Who do you have winning that West bracket? You're going to tell me, tell me the number one seed. Gonzaga. I, I got a homemade bracket here. I wrote it down with a pen. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. This is – I think you're right. I think it's the most wide-open bracket. If you look at it, I was looking at the teams that I got with them in the first game. I mean, Gonzaga, Syracuse, Marquette, Murray State, Florida State, Vermont, Buffalo, yeah. Texas Tech, Nevada, or Michigan. Could don't be surprised if, Gonz- if Syracuse don't upset Gonzaga. I got the Syracuse upset Gonzaga. Yeah, it could very much happen. I, listen, before I turn this bracket in, I might not have Gonzaga going to my Final Four because right now I do have him in the Final Four. Uh, they've only lost three games, but... Gonzaga plays in that crappy conference. Uh, they play out there in the West. It's it's not a basketball region. So when they are put to the test against schools like Syracuse, I don't think they can conquer. Uh, I'd have to say it. I mean, in re- and really, they could get upset by Murray State, even. Well, you know, that'd have to be, that'd be a little farther out there, but yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Murray State's got a guard. Shabazz Napier proves, I mean, I know Kimball Walker did it, but Shabazz Napier did it for a lot lesser team. One guard can win. And I tell you, two other teams got a guard like that. You all going, you're a Kentucky fan, you're going to see him crumpling. That's Miles Powell, Seton Hall. You've seen him once already. A little play that Seton Hall. Beat him. Miles Powell can carry a team to a victory. Do you th- market power to market and do the same. Do you think that? Wofford is going to get beat by Seton Hall. Wofford is on like a 26-game winning streak. Yeah, I know. Wofford's a good team. They're legit. They are. Seton Hall. I'll go Seton Hall now. I'd like to see it be Seton Hall. I don't think Seton Hall could beat Kentucky two times in a row. That's that's all Miles Powell. He shoots. I mean, he's one of those players when he starts hitting, he's going to carry the team to a victory. Uh, you, know, you can hit falling out of bounds, sling sideways, throw it up, bounce it off your head, everything else, and go in for a three. It's the, the Midwest bracket's interesting. Uh, comparing the top and bottom, I do like where Kentucky is. You know, me, me being a Kentucky fan, I'm rooting for them to go all the way. I do like their chances. Uh, I think yeah, that. Yeah, I think that their path is is pretty outstanding. I see them definitely taking down the Albany Christian. Um, you say you say Seton Hall. I say Wofford. I see them taking down either two of those, and then I got Houston out there, and then of course I got UNC beating Kansas. So I got Kentucky and UNC. And Watch out for Iowa State though, over Houston. Iowa State over Houston. I do have Ohio State uh, beating Ohio State, and then playing Houston. Why do you like Ohio State in that one? That's Iowa State. So Iowa State, they just they're a good scrappy little team. I mean. I got Houston winning too, but that could be an upset. Who do you have winning the Midwest? I got Carolina. Do you have them beating Kentucky? Yeah. You don't think that uh, Kentucky can beat North Carolina twice in one season? Oh, yeah, they absolutely can. Don't be surprised if they do. You know, entirely possible. Since that little boy, North Carolina. Carolina's been a different team. They're, they're clicking. 
Also, it's also another storyline. A rematch, Elite Eight rematch from back in 2016, 17, whenever Luke May made that buzzer beater three-point shot over De'Aaron Fox. You know, that right there, uh, fans have been wanting revenge. People say Luke May is the modern-day uh, Christian Leitner. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – I don't. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I think there was – What if he does it again? If he does it again, yeah. I think he, he could be in the running of being the most hated man in Kentucky. If he did it again, good God. Yeah, people would hate him more than Leitner. Well, Villanova is an experienced team in the tournament. Uh, they are the defending champs. Uh, I like Nova in this bracket. I've got Nova upset in Tennessee. I know a lot of people got Tennessee in the uh, Final Four, which I think Tennessee, they, I think they're losing their momentum. They're losing their touch. Coached by Rick, uh, Rick Barnes, who I feel like has done a great job. Not as good as what Bruce Pearl had him at one point in time, but he is doing a great job. But I do have Nova upset in Tennessee. Yeah, Bruce Pearl, uh, I like Bruce. I'm glad to see Auburn win the SEC championship. I'm glad to see Bruce Pearl back in the SEC. Uh, and I'm hoping he makes a run. You know, Bruce, what, you know, the year before he got to Tennessee, this 14 and 17, he went 22 first year, and he was kept building off of that. You know, Willanova, I got Willanova beat Tennessee also. Then I got Willanova losing. Virginia. I got Virginia finally getting up there. Yeah. But Virginia worked me the second game. And it seems every year I look at a game and say, oh my God, that game the two shitty teams. That game is going to suck. And it seems like every single time one of those teams of that game I say is going to suck get to the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 or something. And I look at Oklahoma and Ole Miss and I say, that game is going to suck. <laughs> and the winner of that plays Virginia. So that worries me. Virginia is definitely not going to go. Virginia is not going to go down as early as what they did last year, losing to the 16 seed. I don't even know if we'll see another 16-1 uh, matchup like we did against uh, UMB, UMBC and Virginia. I don't know if that'll happen again for a long, long time. Right, it's like breaking the seal. <laughs> it very much could happen. Who is your first number one seed to fall? First number one seed to fall would be Gonzaga. And that makes sense. So let's talk about Oklahoma and Ole Miss. You know, I don't really think there's that many snubs this year. I think Lipscomb should have been in. Lipscomb won at SMU, at TCU, beat Vermont at home, pushed Louisville on the road. Only one bad loss is for the Gulf Coast. Lipscomb was just the team I thought was going to win. But, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't leave any team. I mean, I don't see how Oklahoma made it, but outside of Lipscomb, who was you going to put in? Alabama. I mean, they're hot garbage. Clemson's hot garbage. NC State had a few good 
win, but every time they needed a big win, they faltered and lost. I mean, who else are you going to put in? I don't think Oklahoma should be in, but I get looking. You know, Alabama, Greensboro, Clemson. Who the hell are you going to put in? I mean, I agree with you. The uh, brackets here, when I look at my bracket, it's pretty chalky. And I told somebody before I could play hot, uh, hopscotch with my bracket this year because there's a lot of chalk dust on here. I think the committee did a good job. I think they might have got it right this year. Best of ever done. Best of ever done. done. I don't what know. Yale, Yale, plus you. No, that's a game I'm attention to. Yes. LSU had to win the way. I had LSU way out there. Yes. That's one of my key games as well. The Ivy League never disappoints. And you sure don't like Johnny Jones, do you? He's horrible. He is pretty bad. Andy Kennedy's better than Johnny Jones. I'll give you that. bragging on Andy Kennedy. I did brag on Andy Kennedy on the Selection Sunday show. I said that... uh, He's somebody I'd like to see get back into coaching. Right now, he's with the uh, he's on the announcing booth, but I would like to see Andy Kennedy at least back into a small conference like the OVC, possibly. I mean, he did have a winning re- he did have a winning record. It was Tennessee Tech. He had a winning record in the SEC and overall as a head coach. I mean, he's not so bad. I think that Mississippi or Ole Miss was a little bit too big for his britches. I think he would be more suitable in the OVC. If Ole Miss is too big a job for you, <laughs> <laughs> put Billy Kennedy in the job you wanted Andy Kennedy in. He'd do better. That's what he did at Murray State. <laughs> what? I tell you, I tell you, folks, it absolutely shocks me that far. It absolutely should not have been as far as Marvin Menzies at UNLV. I mean, how'd they far him with the mess he had to take care of? There, he finally got stability. It's all about wins. Ultimately, ultimately, it all comes down to wins. So he wasn't winning. They're desperate. I understand. The fan base is putting pressure on them, and they're desperate. They're wanting somebody else. Marvin Mincy's get hard somewhere. He'll do a good job. He's been a good coach. Yeah, there's a lot of names out there that are. There's a lot of people out there that are still. Available. Um, the guy who just got fired from UCLA, Steve uh, Steve, Alford. Steve Alford. Yeah, he's he's available. Where's his next stop? I don't know. That'll be interesting. Pay attention to. This. I don't. I don't think Indiana would go after him again. You know, Indiana reached out to him two years ago. I know, and you got to think about that too. Missing your train, and there's people that we've talked about on this show. Uh, people like Greg Marshall, and uh, people who have been really, their names have been hot on fire, and everybody's been talking about bringing them to their school. You know, I think Alabama went after Greg Marshall, offered him a big contract, um, but he he turned him down, and now you don't hear anything about him. I think if the train's going by, if you want to jump on, you better jump on because eventually it's going to pass you by. Yeah, but sometimes you're really happy where you're at. It's either that or he's waiting on one of those North Carolina jobs, one of those Duke jobs, because like we said, uh, those guys are getting older. And I'd like to ask you, uh, Coach K's pushing 74, 75. Who's the next person in line to take Coach K's spot? Possibly the greatest of all time, one of the hardest positions to fill. 
Jeff Capel if he can have success at Pittsburgh. You know, he's got to have success at Pittsburgh. And I don't mean that like national champion or anything like that. They loved him at Duke, and the administration loves it. It could be a different administration. You know, Coach K kind of wanted Capel to stay there and be his coach and wait instead of taking the Pittsburgh job. You know, Capel wanted to be a head coach again. He'd have success. So that's probably who he'd recommend. You know, you got to remember, Florida's Mike White's dad is the athletic director. So, you know, maybe they reach down there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did reach out to Mike White. It would. I know it's a conflict of interest with his dad being the athletic director. I don't know if that could happen, but uh, it can. So he could hire his son. He could hire. Well, unless Duke, it's not forbidden by the NCAA. It could be forbidden by Duke. North Carolina coach Williams is getting old as well. Who do you see taking his job? I've heard Hubert Davis, but I just don't see that. I have to see it to believe it. So you don't see people like Greg Marshall coming back into talks when uh, that those jobs open up? Uh, he doesn't have more success. I don't think he'll get back into them as of right now. You know, as of right now, you might get Chris Beard in it. And, and, what about, and what about people who are who have had success at other programs like Jay Wright at Villanova who really wouldn't be making a horizontal move, uh, but anytime you go to UNC, Duke, a place like that, you are going to a relevant top five college basketball program. So they could pretty much rip you almost from any program, even Bill Self from Kansas. But, uh, I don't think they'd kick Bill Self from Kansas. I don't think they'd want him. You know, he's got that's Kansas. But Duke's a funny thing. You know, are, are they a basketball powerhouse for Scott Kate Somebody else is going to have to do something to keep them there. If you know what I mean. I think they're a basketball powerhouse. I thought about that actually. Um, they'd be like UConn. UConn's been, you know, UConn had a fluke national title under Kevin Ollie. Basically, they ain't been anything since. No, and I thought about yeah. UCLA. Uh, I don't even, or I'm sorry. Um, who are we talking about being a top Duke? Duke. Yeah, I've thought I've thought about Duke being a uh, a top program in general of college basketball. I definitely think Duke's the top five uh, of all time basketball oh, yeah. program. Uh, Coach K obviously made them that way. But they are going to have to have success post Coach K too. If I was an athletic director at Duke, I'd go hard, Johnny Jones. <laughs> uh, he's got jokes here on off the cuff. No, just let a year ago. Let a year ago. Don't let some, don't make somebody follow Coach K. Bring in the worst possible coach ever. Far him after a year, then bring a good one. <laughs> don't make somebody follow Coach K. That's why. That's why I say it's probably going to be somebody like K. You know, Capel's, but Capel's not really has been very successful when he's filled in for Coach K. I see what you're saying. You're setting people up for failure almost if they follow Coach K. I mean, how would you like to be the football coach who follows Nick Saban? Oh, know. God. Yeah, it'd be awful. And uh, you talk about Jay Wright. I think there's one job Jay Wright needs to go before. Which outside is? Outside of Kentucky. I don't think he will. Which is? Kentucky. Outside of oh, outside of Kentucky. So you think that Jay Wright would leave yeah. Villanova for Kentucky only? Yeah, I think Kentucky probably. I don't think Chris Mack was leaving Xavier for anywhere but Louisville. He got offered more money at Ohio State. The same might be Indiana. He had more interest. 
I think Jay Rapp is the same Kentucky. But well, Jay Rapp built his own program at Villanova, too, so he may just not want to follow somebody else. Any other key games that stand out to you in this tournament? You know, there's a few good games. I was, you know, I think UC Irvine and Kansas State could be a good game. I think Irvine could pull that one out. Kansas State, ugh. I'm still bitter at them from them beating Kentucky off free throws last year. And you got a Georgia State team again. You know, the bad thing is there is Ron Hunter. You know, don't have a broken leg, and can be rolling around on a chair. <laughs> I'm so glad that he's in the tournament. He makes the tournament better being in it. Marquette Murray State's going to be a good game. Yeah. Or State and Vermont could be a good game. Louisville Minnesota could be a really good basketball game. You take away all the. Oh, I think it's a great matchup. I think Minnesota-Louisville is a great matchup. I think that will be one hell of a basketball game. I can't wait to watch that. You know, but, you know, Minnesota's also got a former Louisville player. So, that's one of those games where you know he's going to be wanting to. Who's Mark that? Stockman. Mark Stockman, backup center from Minnesota, played at Louisville for three years. And, uh, you know, but you know what everybody talks about? Rick Pitino, no this Louisville team so well he could help Richard Rick Pitino's only coached three players in this Louisville team he coached V.J. King Ryan McMahon and Akoya Gow and when he coached Akoya you it's funny you mentioned 2014 2013 season was the last time Akoya Gow played at Louisville before this season he transferred to Georgetown then transferred to SMU and is now transferred back into Louisville that's interesting but Rick can't coach none of these players. He recruited them, but he's not coached them. Rick Patino, uh He recruited some of them. He recruited some of them. They start three guys that Rick didn't recruit. I can't wait to see Rick Patino at this game. It's going to happen. <laughs> he's all about making the news. He's all about... Does he want to do that to his son? <sighs> that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I do think he does have morals. If Minnesota wins now, he's probably the next game. Now, I'll get eight alive for my statement. I said I think Rick Pitino has morals. Now, people will say, Rick Pitino has morals? <laughs> yes, I do think the man does have morals. I think when, no, it comes to his, when it comes to his family, I don't think he's going to want to take any attention away. Other than sleeping with that woman on a restaurant table, <laughs> you know, he's still pretty good morals. He's a human being. I'm not going to pass judgment on him. Because the people that pass judgment on Patino for doing that would do it too, or they have already done it. I was joking. I just said, he did, he, everybody gives him a bad time for all this little stuff, and he's not been proven in any of it. I mean, that's the only scandal that's came up that he, you know, was proven complacent in. That is absolutely true. Well... Ron, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your night to come do a show with me. We're going to have to get you in studio. That's going to have to happen. Yeah, get in studio next You are going to – I'm going to – okay, that is recorded. Selection Sunday show. I, I got you recorded. You are going to be on the Selection Sunday show in 2020. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Cuff. It is the March Madness series, and – This was a bonus episode I hope you enjoyed to talk about the coaching carousel with my good buddy Ryan Mullins. Be sure to tune in to the next episode of the March Madness series 
where I have my OTC sports panel, Chad Rainwater, Zach Hahn, and hopefully Jordan Kanasser back in the studio to talk about the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Adam Banks. This is Off the Cuff. I'll see you in the next episode.